Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yo. Uh. Yo. Uh. Aubrey Ambles, Tony Schiavone, we bout to party. We bout to party, unrestricted, got the house now, we gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down, got that big space pump and make them bounce now, flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Hello everyone and welcome to AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. This is Aubrey Edwards with one of my BFFs, Will Washington. How you doing, Will? I'm doing great, Aubrey. It's always great to be here on AEW Unrestricted with you, but it's always great to be with our guests. Yes. Because I I love this particular guest. She has just been one of the the best blessings we've had since joining AEW and I'm really happy to have her here on AEW Unrestricted. Uh, she is the four-time AAA Reina de Reinas champion. Did I say that right? Reina de Reinas. <laughs> You're really bad at your There Spanish. we go. I am. I. I, I am awful at yeah, this, right? Are. As a matter of fact, Aubrey, take the. <laughs> you want me to do it? You want me to do yeah, it? Okay. She's a four-time AAA Reina de Reinas champion and the inaugural MLW Women's Featherweight Champion, former and longest reigning Knockouts Champion in Impact history. One time suspended because she was a bitch to me, but you know we've made up since then. Welcome, Taya Valkyrie. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm sorry, Aubrey. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I actually completely forgot about that. <laughs> Just to peel back the curtain. <laughs> and then I was reading the notes this morning. I'm like, oh, yeah. No, she definitely did that. I remember I was terrified for my life. And then I just kind of wiped it from my memory. <laughs> when I was retweeting and, and posting yesterday about this interview, I was like, I wonder if that's going to be awkward. <laughs> no, I think we're fine. Our, uh, our our locker room is super awesome and definitely just like, oh, yeah, no, we're cool. We're cool. And then move on and then yeah. just like suddenly we start move eating. On, we, move on. we move on and then we eat pizza with mayonnaise because Soraya uh. just has her. Uh, oh, my God. Will, have you seen this? this stuff? Oh, yeah, I, I have absolutely seen it. But I will say that shot is such a phenomenal shot. The the shot of oh her of you tie yeah of her holding you up. It's such a phenomenal shot. I still love that. It's still one of my favorite visuals. The emotion, so, the emotion, yeah. <laughs> the emotion. You screaming for your life. It, it looks so great. I was sitting there just hoping, like, please refs, please run as quickly as possible as you can down the ramp and save me from this moment. <laughs> because if I bump, every bone will break in my body. <laughs> but hey. Worth it. Worth the suspension. Yeah, let's let's move on. Let's actually talk to our guest here. <laughs> yes. You made your debut on Dynamite. Yes. After uh, there was an open challenge to any Canadian that Jade Cargill had made. She had defeated Nicole Matthews pretty quickly. And then all of a sudden, you made your debut 
What was that moment like? I mean, you can tell by like the excitement and the weird dancing that I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) I was very excited, guys. I was very excited just to be there, to be in Canada of all places. It kind of is so, I totally believe like the universe and the energy you put out and everything kind of just came together for me to have that opportunity in Canada, you know, and to, to be there, to have Nicole Matthews back. I've known Nicole forever from the Indies in Vancouver, from the Pacific Northwest, where I'm from. Yeah. It was very exciting for me and I just couldn't have been happier to be there. And uh, yeah, the dancing was a choice, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> we learn and grow. Yeah. We learn and grow. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Oh God. <sighs> I think what was cool about that particular moment was that I think for a lot of people who kind of followed your career and then had seen Jade Cargill's career for as you know, it's it's been a very short career thus far. But for everybody who's known what Jade has accomplished in AEW, both of you have very similar finishers. And uh, it was one of those things where I think as soon as they saw that confrontation, it just it clicked with people. It just made sense. It was like, okay. Of course, this is the match that that's going to meet Jade Cargill here, right? And so I, I feel like for a lot of people, it was that almost poetic moment of like, oh, I hadn't thought of this before, but now that I'm seeing it, yeah, of it's course. Right in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we're spelling it out for you guys. Yeah, no, it was really special. And Jade and I had never met before. This was our first time face to face in the ring, you know, in this AEW world and it was just really exciting and uh to be put in that position and for tony to have the faith in me to be able to do that was amazing and you know as i said like my work speaks for itself i've been doing this a really long time and so i was excited to challenge myself i think that's the most exciting thing about AEW for me from the beginning is that even though i've known so many of the women that are in our locker room for many many years there's so many of them that i've never wrestled before so it was this Finding a new way to be to challenge myself, and that's exactly what I started to do in AEW. I I loved that day because I think we were all excited about Winnipeg, just with the history of all of the people, like the the Jerichos and the the Kenny Omegas, and the being there and Winnipeg not really being a place for wrestling. And I remember walking in the locker room and seeing you, and the first thought I had was, "Oh, this was inevitable." <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. I know it's like a surprise, but not really like to have someone like you kind of touched on it, but to have someone with your storied career already, which is like, of course she's going to be here. Like she's a phenomenal human being. She's so wonderful and warm and great. And now she has amazing like mango hair. So it's just like add another friggin' cherry on top to the amazingness (laughs) that is this person. And let's just like get her in here. I love it. Yeah. And I I think like Winnipeg, like even though I like, like, I think they mentioned this in commentary. Like I spent a lot of summers in Winnipeg as a kid because I would train with the Royal Winnipeg Ballet, but I had never wrestled there ever. I hadn't been back in so many years because as you know, like Canada is a very large country. So when you're working on the Indies and when you're starting out, you kind of, especially at first, you're sticking to like one side or the other kind of thing. So I'd never really crossed over past the Calgary Edmonton zone into the prairie so it was it was exciting and and uh, just to be there again and i was so happy that the fans were there for me and i was nervous <laughs> when i heard the cheers i was like thank you canada 
<laughs> Absolutely wonderful. And and uh, we'll get back to wrestling in a second, but since you touched on it, I'm going to jump ahead because like we have to talk about ballet. Like I'm here, you're here. I know that one of the days recently, like we ended up driving back and like just talking about like our history and ballet and how like crazy it was and how our feet are freaking destroyed for the rest of our lives. Yeah. I had no idea that you had gone to Royal Winnipeg Ballet because I had actually auditioned there when I was younger, like 16 or 17, gotten in and went like, eh, yeah, that's kind of expensive. Not doing that this Very summer Very expensive. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so what is it like training at a ballet school or a ballet academy of that prestige? But then you also worked with like Lance Storm and all, all of these other amazing legends. Like, is there any sort of similarities between the two? Yeah. I mean, wrestling and ballet are so much more in hand in hand than people realize because 100% when we're little kids, we're, t- we're taught like so much discipline and to work really hard and you have to earn those spots. You have to get, if you want the part, you got to earn that spot. Not only do you have to fit the costume sometimes, but you have to earn the spot. Uh, so from a very young age, you know, I was put in ballet like three or four years old. I was taught to work really hard for what I want. And like, that's just kind of followed me throughout my life. And, uh, you know, just a lot of discipline and hard work and the physicality, the mental games, all of it, it all goes hand in hand. And so when people say like wrestling's not ballet, I find that really insulting because (laughs) (laughs) there's so many more levels to it than, than people realize. So I think that even though people think, Oh my gosh, like she comes from ballet. That's weird. She's a pro wrestler. Really? It's not like I come from the entertainment dance, theater, sports background, which honestly, in my eyes, creating stories and performing on stage and performing in my entrance and performing in the ring all go hand in hand. So all those things that I did as a child, as a teen, uh, you know, right into university and stuff all helped me a hundred thousand percent to get to where I am. Well, I just got an education on ballet. And, there you go. <laughs> and, and of course, like it, it goes hand in hand with pro wrestling but for whatever reason obviously being a stupid male uh i never even put those two things together so thank you for that education (laughs) you're just uncultured swine it's not that you're a stupid male (laughs) a little history there (laughs) oh that's great so um getting back to the the wrestling side of things and talking about making your pay-per-view debut in AEW, um you had double or nothing that was las vegas you wrestled Jade Cargill, that was the second time for the TBS championship. Talk about getting that opportunity kind of rather quickly um, in AEW. Uh, That's not exactly something that a lot of people get to jump right into, but essentially right on pay-per-view, your first pay-per-view with AEW, it's like kind of swim with the sharks kind of thing. And not that you don't have the experience with that, but talk about what that was like getting that opportunity so quickly. I mean, I don't view it. I mean, I guess it like it is viewed as quickly within our universe or our world kind of thing. But I feel like I worked so hard for so many years to kind of get there. So I still had to do the work when I got to AEW and have those wins and and find my spot and get there and and really get in Jade's face and be like, you want a real challenge? Like I am that challenge. I'm a multi-time world champion. I've traveled all over the world. I've been trained by some living legends, uh, you know, throughout that time. And it was it was awesome. As a dance person, I got to perform on Las Vegas in Las Vegas on the strip. Like that's so cool. And seeing like these, I had I just got goosebumps. Uh, seeing like all our locals and and everyone's face across you know these billboards and on the sides of the stadium and the arena, it it just was so cool. Uh, you know, obviously my husband Johnny was able to be there with me that day. I had friends in the audience. It was so special. 
you know, I, it was the first time I got pyro in my entrance. <laughs> Ooh, look at you. I was living my best life and I just, you know, left it all out there. And I really wanted to put on a show for everybody because this is Double or Nothing, something, a show that I've been watching for years and watching you guys put together over the over time and uh, to be part of something so monumental and to be there, T-Mobile Arena, and be able to compete for TBS Championship is a huge opportunity. Speaking of huge opportunities, I know that because you've you've been four-time AAA Rene de Reines champion, you actually had this crazy freaking match recently. Yep. Seeing all the pictures of your just bloodied face, I love that stuff just because it's something that from a women's representation standpoint, like we typically don't see women in such a role that is where you're sort of in this is spot where you're bleeding and you have this violence and whatnot. Like what was that moment like for you? I mean, obviously triple mania has been a huge part of my life for, I mean, I think yesterday was the ninth anniversary of me winning the first Reina Arenas championship. When I had my nose broken, there's some pictures of me bloody there too. Yes. That was very special because I was, you know, the first ever non-Mexican born woman in the history of AAA to win the championship. So it was huge accomplishment for me. So to be there like practically exactly nine years later and doing it again um, in the same arena, La Reina Ciudad de Mexico, and to be doing it in front of all my peers and Conan, who I, you know, have a massive amount of respect for because he's like my wrestling uncle. And he really was one of the first people who gave me a chance and allowed me to show what I could do 10 years ago in Mexico, which is crazy. It was really surreal and really fun. And I do think, like you said, it's so important for people to see the different layers and different types of women's wrestling that there are. Am I having these crazy no DQ death match kind of matches all the time? Absolutely not. I think it's that they are, can be sprinkled in amongst a, in a story or be the culmination of this rivalry uh, so it was really, really fun for me to do that. And I got the nickname Huera Loca for a reason. And I like to remind people sometimes that, I mean, I'm not just the girl in furry white boots married to Johnny TV. <laughs> I, I am a badass. And when given the opportunity, I love to show that grit, to show violence and show these levels of, of what it means to be a woman and what it means to be a performer within our world. This is such an awesome conversation with Taya Valkyrie here on AEW Unrestricted. Coming up, we've got so much more to talk about all of her amazing time thus far in AEW. Stay tuned. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. 
AEW Unrestricted, Aubrey, Will, Taya. This has just been an awesome conversation. We've talked ballet. We've talked wrestling. We've talked debuts. We've talked bloody faces. We've <laughs> talked so much already. But you joined AEW in March of this year. It's It's been roughly six months or so. And you've already had these incredible matches. I want to talk about a couple more. Battle of Belts, Calgary, again, Canada, being such a big place for you and having you know that be your home territory. You challenged Tony Storm for the AEW Women's Championship. You lost, but it was an incredible match. And I think it's it's one of those things where you're given so many of these opportunities, challenging for belts, out of the gate, with your reputation. What did that match mean to you that was maybe different than your matches with Jade? I mean, did I lose? Because half the world didn't even see the finish because of the weather. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> So I'm calling it right now. Like I, I, I mean, I know Sheeta is our women's world champion right now, but I will have a rematch with Tony Storm at some point because the whole world needs to see that. That since Calgary had a plan of its own, I mean Calgary. Oh my gosh, where do I start? Like I was 17 when I moved to Calgary, and when people are like, "Well, you're from Victoria," and I go, "Yes, but Calgary is where Ty Valkyrie, the wrestler, the character, was born." That is where I moved, you know, 17 years old, went to the University of Calgary and the Alberta Ballet uh, School um, to follow my dance career and lived there for over 10 years. That's also where I started training with Lance Storm. And it's where my, you know, my best friends heard me for the first time utter the words, I think I want to be a pro wrestler. (laughs) So those two women that you saw in the front row, those are Mandy and Sherry. They're two of my best friends. We've known each other since we were 17. They were bridesmaids to my wedding. People say it takes a village. It really does. Even though we haven't lived near each other in many, many years, we are still very connected and best friends. And they really picked me up even over the phone when I was living in Mexico, when I was, you know, in tears going, I don't know what I'm doing. Like they've just been there to support me through a lot of things. So it was really important for me, for me to have them front row and be there supporting because I know how much they were invested in the entirety of my career. I had so many friends there. It was crazy. I mean, I just remember always going to the saddle dome the saddle dome just yeah represents so much history the stampede grounds in general with stampede wrestling and all the history that is in calgary when it comes to pro wrestling it just has such a magical vibe or something you know and i went to so many calgary flames games there i've gone to concerts jay-z uh backstreet boys uh molly crew ozzy osbourne like i've gone to so many concerts in that same venue so to be the girl on that stage looking up at all those seats that I just remember, you know, like I think I watched hockey up all the way up there in the nosebleeds when I was 18, you know, like it was just really, really special for me. You know, I took the opportunity as it was given to me. I lived my best Canadian Barbie Trish Stratus life in my gear. I was living in, you know, my own little fantasy world and I just loved it. And I wish I could do it over and over again. And also the fact that it was Stampede time, which I was so excited that so many of you at AEW got to experience Stampede for the first time. It was just, it just, you know, put the cherry on top of my little Calgary Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a a weekend in general. And um, that was my first experience with, with Stampede. So same, just same. seeing all of the cowboy hats all around and I'm like, what is going on here? Oh yeah. And g- getting the experience. I went to... <laughs> To Bret Hart's uh, to his bar afterward, and that was a hoot as well. So, like everything about it, I, I honestly, if I could do Stampede every year, I absolutely would. Yeah. And I was glad to see that you got that opportunity there. So, talking match wise, you kind of went on a run of getting to face some of the most 
prolific champions that AEW's had, right? Because you you faced, uh, we talked about Jade Cargill, and then you got this match with Tony Storm. Before that, you had a match with Hikaru Shida uh, that got the wheels in motion toward her championship run. That was pretty much the match that got her on the path to winning the, the championship. You also faced Britt Baker recently as well. All of these were all first-time opponents for you. These were all yeah. people that you hadn't stepped into a ring with. And so these were Sky all... Sky Blue was in there as well. Um, mm-hmm. First yes. matchup on Collision, my debut on Collision. Yeah, it's just been these first-time matchups over and over again, which is really exciting. And I hope that I... Well, I know that I will have the opportunity to repeat most of all of those uh, in the future. You know, I'm here. I'm here to stay, everybody. Can't get rid of Yay. And that's what's also exciting because, you know, there's always those times when you get in the ring with someone for the first time and you're kind of feeling each other out and figuring out how it's going to go. And, you know, I've been studying and watching these women for a long time, even though I wasn't in the company. I love what we do. I love pro wrestling. I'm a fan of it. And if anyone who is in this business says they're not a fan, what are you doing? Uh, you know, so I have been watching these women for a long time. And so to be faced across the ring from all of them was was really special and I can't wait to do it again. I'm curious a little bit about and we'll we'll kind of take a step back into the past because you were also on Lucha Underground, just just incredible show that was doing new things in wrestling that hadn't been seen before. But one of the things I always find interesting about Lucha Underground and talking to people about it is just kind of how it was filmed and how it's very different than something like yeah. live TV. What was your Lucha Underground experience like? I always look back on Lucha Underground as some of my favorite years in my career because it was really a bunch of us, if you look back, and a lot of us are all together again. I mean, I swear there's a core group of us that are just the Swerves, the Brian Cages, the Ty Valkyries, like we are at Thunder Rosa. Like, A.R. Fox, yeah. like The Rick Knoxes. Fox, yeah. We've all been together in this crazy kind of hurricane uh, for a long time, and it's really cool to be all back together again. You know, it was our first big break for a lot of us. And I was coming from Mexico, you know, Phoenix, Pentagon also as well, where we're there, you know, it was our first big break and coming from another country and getting that opportunity was such a huge deal. And I will never forget the first day I was greeted by Chavo Guerrero, who showed me around the temple for the first time. And I just think back on like how innocent and nervous I was <laughs> and excited. And like, I always try when I'm having like a really good day or I had a really good match or something really cool is happening in my career, I always try to be like, please hold on to this moment. Because, you know, as we know, there's going to be really bad days and there's going to be days when you don't want to get out of bed or you're upset about how something went on or you didn't like your match. But like, if we can hold on to those kind of magical moments, it really kind of grounds us and like helps us remember who we are and kind of move forward through those hard times. So like, I'll always remember that being so special. And, uh, the first time the world got to see me and it just like Winnipeg. I remember getting backstage about to do like the run in to save Johnny Mundo at the time and hit Brian Cage over the head with a lead pipe being like, <laughs> are people going to know who I am? Like, I just, you, you don't know, like what if there's zero reaction and I came out, ran through the temple. I remember like I was wearing like a pink, black and white skull covered outfit. I don't know. Something crazy. And Everyone started chanting, we're a loca. And I was like, oh my God, they know who I am. Like, <laughs> so it was really, really special. And all of us, you know, filming that style, like you said, like real television, all the vignettes were done um, with cameras front, back, different angles. We were ended our scripts. We were having to, you know, come in on days and, and to film one of those backstage vignettes, for example, 
in Dario Cueto's office would take hours because we were doing it from so many angles, just like you would see a television show that is produced in that way. So it was really fun. And we got to really do some crazy stuff and have some crazy matches, intergender matches. That's where I met, obviously, John. And the rest is history. <laughs> Here we are. It's it's great history, though, because like I, I was a really, really big fan of Lucha Underground. And that was where I Who wasn't? became exposed to a lot of people, including you. That was the first time I had ever seen Taya Valkyrie. And that was a very unique way of presenting professional wrestling. Still something that hasn't been really done since. And I think when everybody gets to look back at those memories and see like, well, every time we do something in AEW and it's got even the slightest hint at a reference to Lucha Underground, people pull up the memories, they pull up clips, all those things. And it's always such a great time in wrestling that, uh, like you said, it gave exposure to a lot of people and gave opportunity in a way that wrestling hadn't before. And it was a time that wrestling needed it. And hats off to everybody who worked on Lucha Underground. I'm always going to praise that as long as I can. I think it also kind of opened people's eyes that wrestling could be done a different way and shot a different way. Just even the way that they filtered the grittiness, uh, you know, because it was produced obviously by Robert Rodriguez. The way it was filmed was just so different from anything that we'd ever seen before. And so I think that that really opened people's eyes to the cinematic matches that have now we've seen over the course of the last several years and doing things differently and how you can develop characters and there can be magical power. I mean, I love a magical angle. Okay. Like, yes, <laughs> yes. If there's magic and dragons and people coming back from the death and time traveling, I am like all for it. So all that stuff really like came out of Hooch underground and uh, to see it and for people to be pushing the boundaries of what we think professional wrestling is, I think is fun and amazing. And this is art, everybody. It really is. You know, so we're trying to create moments for every fan. Uh, may it be that you like it or you don't like it or you agree with it or you do. This is what we do. So all, I invite all these different ways of viewing as professional wrestling because I think it just makes everything so much more interesting. You mentioned people coming back from the dead and it jogged my memory about this little thing that happened in Impact where you're arranging the murder of Johnny Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I love some magic. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. I came back from jail. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Yeah, so so talk about uh putting together a murder plot in wrestling. <laughs> when you have such creative minds such as Jimmy Jacobs <laughs> there with you who now I am so happy that we have him at AEW. Oh yeah. You know that you can expect the unexpected and you know we didn't really know where I was going to be going or what I was going to be doing at that time. That was also, you know, towards the end of 2020 when things were crazy in the world so we were trying to find all sorts of creative ways of entertaining the public apparently i decided to try and kill johnny bravo at his own wedding to rosemary from the undead realm yeah <laughs> it just is so fun and i love being creative and coming up with stories that make people go what huh but also just are so entertaining and different and jimmy is one of the greatest minds um, when it comes to characters and, and creating these scenarios that make people think. So, you know, I have Jimmy and Robert to thank for that because uh, they were a huge part in it. And of course, Rosemary, because she is one of the coolest people that I know and one of the most creative layered characters I've worked with. So she's awesome. <laughs> of course, after that, I want to get into this before we, we get to our next break. But you had a, a brief stint as Frankie Monet. Mm. Who is that? <laughs> I don't know. 
This is a random chick. Uh, well, first, I did want to ask you a little bit about the name. Was that a creation of yours? Was that one of those names you were handed? How did the name come about? So pretty quickly, we decided like, I needed a name. I was fighting so hard for Ty Valkyrie. Oh, my God. I went to bat for her over and over again and just kept going, no, no. <laughs> like, even variations of it. I was going to use my, my first shoe name and then Valkyrie. Like I was trying all these different combinations of things because I just, this is who I've been for 12 years, almost 13 years. Um, and I felt like that's who the fans know, which made it even harder because I felt like Taya kind of died for a second, you know, like she kind of was taken to jail. Like it was, she was nowhere to be seen. It was crazy. Uh, but I did come up with the name as much as people are like, didn't like it or liked it, but like, that's part of it. You know, I can't make everybody happy. This art is subjective. So Monet, because I really wanted something different. I have been an artist my entire life. It just kind of it went along with the artist Monet. And that's kind of where that came from. Because like, I have all these memories of my dad's from Switzerland. So we traveled a lot to Europe all the time when I was a little kid. So we would go to art galleries all over Europe all the time and do a lot of that. So that's kind of where that came from. The Frankie name is I've always liked kind of gender neutral names. I've always thought that they're very cool and different girls named Kyle or Ryan or, or different things like that. So that's where the Frankie name came from. I'm also a huge fan of horror movies and all things blood and guts and things like that. So it actually comes from also the movie Stigmata because the character's name is Francesca and they called her Frankie in the movie. Hmm. I did not know that. That That's actually really cool. I don't think it was that because, yeah, you mentioned people kind of harped on the name. I don't think it was anything against the name specifically. I think it was just that so many people knew you as Taya Valkyrie and it was just like, yes. Yeah, we aren't seeing Taya Valkyrie in front of us anymore. We're seeing Frankie Monet, but like it almost feels like an insult to tell us that this person <laughs> we've been seeing all these years know, is not Taya Valkyrie. And to be fair, like Taya and Frankie like look the same, the gear is the same, but like <laughs> everything was the same. But yeah, I think I definitely agree with you that the fans were just like, "Do you think we're idiots?" Like we know that that's Taya Valkyrie, and like, <laughs> keep my nickname too. So it was just like a little, you know, people don't like change especially when they've known something or someone for so long but you know i you know was given the ball and i tried to run with it i tried to run with it and i did my best under the circumstances and i you know i'm the first to admit that i was there at a very crazy time not only within that company but also within the world that we existed mm -hmm. I don't think i was given a fair chance at all but just like i said like i had to hold on to those moments when i was super happy and when i was super excited and uh, I've said this in an interview before, like, I remember saying to John, like, when I first started there that I felt like I was Charlie from Charlie and Chocolate Factory <laughs> when I walked through those doors. And so I actually bought myself a copy of the book because I wanted to remember how I felt on that day, knowing that there are going to be days that are going to be horrible and sad. And they, and guess what? That did happen. And I did have to, like, remind myself of Remember when you felt like you were talking to Willy Wonka? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I hold on to some things from, from that time in my life, and I like to forget a lot of them as well. But those are the things that make me who I am and who make me the resilient, stubborn, passionate idiot that, <laughs> that I am that just loves doing what I do. And, you know, I'll take all those layers of cake, if they're good or bad, in order to get to the top. So it all worked out in the end. I got to, to do that. I got to meet my heroes and sometimes you shouldn't do that. And I got to also come back. What? It's true. I'm not, am I saying? I'm laughing because it is true. It's so true. It is true. 
And then I got to come back. I got to go to the Indies where I dug my heels in, became the, you know, biggest comeback of 2022 by PWI, was in the top 10, won five different championships all over the world. And really was like, I want every single person that didn't believe in me during that year that every time they turn the TV on or they watch a pay-per-view from any different variety of companies or anywhere in the world or anything, you know, on Fight Network, like to be like, oh my God, there she is again. Like they couldn't get rid of me. Like I was like, hello, I belong. Like <laughs> I just had to remind everybody of who I was. And, and that's exactly what I did. And I was so determined and I knew that it would work out. And like it did. And here I am with you guys now. Okay. It's not without like a lot of tears, a lot of blood, a lot of travel, a lot of like sadness, and, but also just like a lot of happiness and just excitement for like this new step and having these new challenges within AEW. Oh, I love all that. And I'm loving that you're getting to remind the world of who you are and you're doing more of that. And we're going to keep doing more of that because we've got Taya Valkyrie right here on AEW Unrestricted. More after this. AEW Unrestricted, Aubrey, Will, Taya. I think that's exactly how we came in on the last break, but I don't care because we're here having a wonderful conversation with Taya. You've you've obviously worked lots of different companies, had lots of different storylines you've been involved with, lots of amazing matches and moments and opportunities, but this is obviously an AEW podcast. Uh, now that you've been here for a little bit, I feel like you've kind of settled into our locker room and our cool little team we've got here. What would you say is your favorite part about working at AEW? Just how accepting and positive people are. And people like to harp on the other side of that so much that I'm just like, my experience has been, especially coming from all these different places where sometimes people are not the nicest. And sometimes people want to see you fall on your face immediately. It is not like that. And and also just Tony is so positive. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. Like I, you know, have had bosses in the past that have also been super, super positive, but also there's some of them in there that have not, or, or women that have wanted to see me thrive and others who could not wait to watch me fall on my face. So it is so cool to be in a space where I can really be myself and not be concerned that just being me is enough. You know, all my quirkiness and weirdness and crazy ideas and dumb jokes uh, <laughs> and, ideas and my crazy wrestling ideas are accepted. You know, like no one has to agree with everything, but it's just been like a really positive environment and being in a space where I did know so many people and being reunited with the Lucha Bros and being yes. my husband there and being in a space where everyone's really trying to work together and wrestling is chaotic. Mm -hmm. That the board it doesn't change it is the same way everywhere but we are all grounding ourselves in the chaos and i think that it's really cool to like have each other to lean on and to know that you know if we want to get in the ring early in the day and roll around or we want to pitch an idea or we want to hang out afterwards and talk about more creative ideas or whatever that is that everyone's really open to it there's not a moment when I'm thinking like, oh my God, this person does not want to deal with me right now. <laughs> you know, it, it's been a really positive experience for me. And I just, I feel like I'm just getting started. Like you said, you know, it's been like five and a half, six months now. I do feel like I'm finally finding my footing. I've had like these crazy great opportunities, but I just know that that's only scratching the surface of what I can do. And I just am open, excited for what's next. And 
especially with like what happened to this in the triple mania and losing the reign of reigns championship, you know, four reigns, nine years, you know, I really feel like it's this new, like, chapter again that's starting in my career in AEW you know the intro to that book has been closed and we're ready to get to the meat and potatoes and get to work and i'm excited for that yeah no honestly i i fully agree with that and because i think i came in like right after you did and so yeah and you were actually one of the first people i talked to i think it was like my first day and i was like just trying to find people and i saw ty and i was like okay let me strike up conversation with her. <laughs> right. Remember, it was by the- yeah, it was like right outside the ring, and uh, you were like nervous. You were like, <laughs> yeah, it was like first day of school. What do I do here? I'm like, I don't know anybody. <laughs> it's like the first day of school. I always said like, what I to John, I was like the first day. Like I, I'm like, where do I sit in catering? Like which uh-huh. which lunch table am I gonna sit at? Like it's like, <laughs> yeah, no. So I did. I remember. Yeah, so I I just wanted to to say I appreciate that in the sense of you hadn't even been there that long, but to pay that forward, that idea that this is a really cool environment and it's just full of cool people who are super positive, who are constantly high-fiving about just cool shit happening. I love it, and I wanted to thank you for that first stop. Well, of course. Of course. We've all been there. We all know how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also wanted to turn to some fan questions because uh, we posted the question to Twitter, and I thought we got some pretty good ones. Yes. I wanted to read this one because this one popped me. This one's from Zombie Jones. It says, what's it like being married to a guy with so <laughs> many last names? And I want to add to that, which one is your favorite? Because we've had Johnny Nitro. He's been, as we mentioned, Johnny Mundo. He's been John Morrison. He's currently Johnny TV. He was Johnny Impact. He was Johnny Elite for like one week. Yeah, Johnny Elite. Yeah. Uh, man so, of many names. He's man he of many names. I'm going to just go on a limb here and say that my favorite last name is the one he's using tonight because he is finally being called Johnny Valve. Oh, oh, that rules. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I fell in love with Johnny Mundo. Obviously, I married Johnny Impact. And now I'm living with Johnny TV and married to Johnny TV. So it's, I'm so used to it. I'm just, I think it's funny. A lot of people are like, I don't, you know, of course, if people have a problem with everything, that's fun. <laughs> it's funny. Like, hello, he still looks like he's 21 winning Tough Enough. Like, it's just the same person. <laughs> like, it's not that deep. No, I love it. I think it's funny. I think he's having fun with it. And he also is just like me and overthinks like every layer of everything and everything. <laughs> comes out the way what he's wearing his way his hair is the music the everything so i i just love it and i think that johnny tv is just another evolution of that i'm excited to see what he can do and i know that at some point ty valkyrie and johnny tv will be reunited and take over the wrestling world so oh it's it's inevitable <laughs> inevitable him using johnny valkyrie just like makes my feminist heart sing i'm like yes this is wonderful <laughs> honestly i i can't believe that hadn't even occurred to me but that name is awesome it's so great hello yeah yeah that's so great i mean ty knew it for years <laughs> yeah like liz who owns of a boom here in los angeles obviously the company's been going on for like plus 20 years when he started coming to Lucha Vivoom, she was like, do we call him Johnny Vivoom? And I was like, Johnny Valkyrie, Johnny Valkyrie. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we're going to have it. So. <laughs> I love it. We have a question from uh, Jeremy Slangle and something that I was very interested in uh, because I love your gear. It is very iconic Taya Valkyrie gear. I don't think I ever see anyone else wearing kind of like the style of 
singlet you wear and the boots you wear. But Jeremy has a uh, question. You have the most fabulous and iconic boots. When did you start wearing that style and how did it come about? From day one, because originally in the lore of Ty Valkyrie, she was a Viking princess. <laughs> so, oh yeah, that's when Nicole Matthews met me. It was, I had a brown and gold singlets on with brown fur boots and this brown furry shoulder. Like I was deep in the Viking stuff. Like I really wanted to be a Viking princess. And so that's where it came from. And it just has evolved now into the, you know, white furry or black furry <laughs> boots that I wear. Um, and I just, and also, I mean, this is kind of just like a funny history note about that too, was like when I met Paraguayo Jr. in Mexico City, he was so taken aback by the fact that I wore fur boots because his dad and their family wrestled in fur boots for generations. We didn't even know that when I met him and when I became part of Perostomel. Same with Conan. There's actually a photo from an old Lucha Libre magazine out there. I gotta try and I'm gonna try and find it. And he's literally wearing gear that could have been like the male version of like my first gear. <laughs> like brown fur boots, Conan al Barbaro. And he had the furry shoulder piece. I, I was like, wow, the universe is crazy. <laughs> So it has just kept going because it's just part of me at this point. Oh, I love that. I I wanted to ask uh, this one here, just curious, from LKW Artworks, wants to know, what are some cultural differences from when you first wrestled in Mexico that are part of your everyday life today? Ooh, good question. I feel like the Lucha Libre style in general has like consistently, like obviously influenced me um, in the ring. Culturally, like, I learned Spanish. I lived there for five years. It's ingrained in me now. The people that I met there. I mean, I've been friends with Pentagon and Phoenix and I have known each other for 12 years. And we mm -hmm. basically started in AAA literally around exactly the same time. I remember when Pentagon was Dark Dragon and Phoenix's mask did not look like that. <laughs> you know, so I mean, I think that those are the things that I've taken from my experiences there more than anything is just having this incredible family and support system that we've all known each other and seen each other come up from nothing, basically, and taken those 17 hour bus rides to and from different shows in Mexico and travel day in and day out. Those are the biggest things that I take away from it. And I'm so thankful for it. And it really... You know, I might not have been born into Lucha Libre or into pro wrestling. You know, I'm a girl from Canada, <laughs> like, but I learned so much from my time there. And I feel like that is it's part of me. Speaking of Canada, we have a question from Scott Webb with so many Canadians in AEW. We have Omega, Jericho, Christian Cage, Menard, Parker, uh, Bunny, yeah. the Ethan Page. There's so many. Uh, do you share any sort of special camaraderie with the Canadians? I think more than anything, uh, the person I talked to the most out of all of those people uh, that you listed would definitely be Bunny because we oh, I love her. have known each other for many, many years. I remember we had like like a WWE tryout together like 11 years ago, I think was the first time. That I her. Yeah, like it was a long time ago. We even were part of Team Canada at the Lucha Libre World Cup when we, uh, you know, several years ago, I don't know, like five, six years ago, we've just seen each other go through so much and watched each other grow and like we're obviously from different sides of the country so we didn't know each other prior to those experiences uh or we never really got to dance to wrestle each other in the indies but we worked together at impact so yeah i definitely i love me some bunny 
<laughs> Who doesn't love themselves some bunny? Yeah, obviously, Chris Jericho and all these all these amazing people like Christian Cage. And I mean, I've been watching them for years. Every time I put a ponytail on top of my head, I went a half ponytail. <laughs> I call it my Jericho pony. Like it's just that's Y two J. Like that's that's part of it. You know, we all grew up watching that. I just you know. So I mean, I'm just so thankful to have such iconic people in our locker room and Kenny Omega is Don Callis, everybody, everyone's just been so cool. And to see Canadian pro wrestlers being given this opportunity is awesome because it is very hard for us to break out and uh, get out of, of Canada. We often have to move to different countries. Like, you know, how I had to go to Mexico or go to Japan or go to Europe to be seen because the country is so big and it just, our population is not that big. Uh, and so you have to kind of make things work because, you know, we can't just come to the States and work and we have to be found in these other places. So I love seeing so many Canadians getting that opportunity. It's so great. I love it. I love seeing amazing women getting opportunities. I love seeing strong, badass women on TV. And I just love being able to work with you. A, a suspension aside, we'll kind of just forget that little moment there. Sorry. It's fine. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> Outside of that, like I could not be more thrilled every time I see you at work. Like Aww. you're such a wonderful person. You're such a wonderful addition to our locker room. And I'm so happy that you're finally at AEW. I know, I know it's like six months later, but it's, I'm just so happy you're here. It's, it was inevitable and I'm so happy and I'm so happy that you were able to join us today. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, being at AEW, I earned that spot. I earned this position and, uh, you know, hard work does pay off and I'm proof of that. So I am very excited to be here to be with you guys today, uh, you know, and excited for what the future holds. Yes. Yes. I am so excited for it as well. Thank you. Taya Valkyrie. You can follow Taya on Instagram and Twitter at the Taya Valkyrie. And of course, you can listen to and follow this podcast, AEW Unrestricted, at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can check out video episodes on our YouTube channel at AEW Unrestricted. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. AEW Dynamite Wednesdays at 8 p.m. on TBS. AEW Rampage Friday nights at 10 p.m. on TNT. AEW Collision live Saturdays at 8 p.m. on TNT. And of course, ROH is streaming on Honor Club every Thursday. I'm Will Washington. She is Aubrey Edwards. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Bye, guys. Bye. Come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it up, up. Bring the house down. Got that big space pump and make them bounce now. Flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.